Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom, Chaverim. That's Hebrew for hello, friends. And Shabbat Shalom. That's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Today on Bagels and Blessings, you'll hear a pre-recorded interview with Jeffrey Miller. I can't wait to share this exciting interview with you. So stay with me, and I'll be right back. And Happy New Year. Shabbat Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shemayas Rael. We are a messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you're in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open on Wednesdays from 3 to 5, Thursdays from 2 to 5, and Saturdays after services up till 1 o'clock p.m. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit the Congregational Building. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester, New York area, be sure to visit Shemayas Royale and the Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. As we begin a new year, let us remember that our God is faithful to a thousand generations. Enjoy this wonderful song.
That was a great song with Sean Spicer and Tilly Cryer, A Thousand Generations. This is Ethel Chadwick. You're listening to Bagels and Blessings. Stay tuned for my interview with Jeffrey Miller. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling, 585-889-7840. Oh, daughters of Zion. Oh, Abraham's sons, hear the words of your father, hear his promise of love. I will make you a blessing, so count the stars if you can.
That was Joshua Aaron and Aaron Schust. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday morning Mornings at 10 a.m., 2.50, Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. This is Ethel Chadwick. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. You know, when I did my very first radio program on Bagels and Blessings, it was a Saturday night from 11 p.m. to midnight. It was August 2nd, 1997. And this next song was one of the songs I picked for that first broadcast. And... I still love it, and Jonathan Zatel, he still got it. Anyway, this is called Sing and Dance, and I think you should do just that. Come, let us praise the Lord and sing him a new song. Come, let us sing his praise together with the saints, with all the righteous ones. Let Israel rejoice. In her Creator, let the children of Eretzion be glad in their King. Let them praise His name with dancing, making music with a tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people, He will crown the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this order Sing and dance unto the Lord Come let us praise the Lord And sing Him a new song Come let us sing His praise Together with the saints With all the righteous ones Let Israel rejoice in her Creator Let the children of Edetzion Be glad in their King Let them praise His name with dancing Making music with a tambourine and harp For the Lord takes pleasure in His people He will crown the humble with salvation let the saints rejoice in this order Sing and dance unto the Lord Let them praise His name with dancing Making music with the tambourine for the Lord takes pleasure in His people He will crown the humble with salvation Let the saints rejoice in this order Sing and dance unto the Lord Sing and dance unto the Lord Sing and dance unto the Lord This is Jonathan Sattel and you are listening to bagels and blessings. This is Ethel Chadwick. Stay tuned for my interview with Jeffrey Miller. All right, next up is the newest song from Corey Keeler with Love Shalow. It's called Rain Down. You control the wind 
Again, that was Corey Keeler. You might remember her as Corey Bell, but she married the wonderful Randy Keeler, and she's now Corey Keeler. And you'll hear that there was a rap singer in the middle of the song kind of chanting, and his name is Teddy Redson. So if you wondered whose voice that was in the middle of the song, it was Teddy Redson. All right, well, it's almost time for my interview, but we have time for some more music. So how about this song from Joshua Aaron, Gadol Elohai. How great is our God. Amen.
is our God. Let's sing it together. How great is our God? How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And long see how great. How great is our God. Shalom from Israel. This is Joshua Aaron, and I want to congratulate Ethel Chadwick for being on the air for 25 years and bringing bagels and blessings to the world. Congratulations, Ethel. Thank you, Joshua. I really love your music. (laughs) Well, we have time for one more song and then my interview with Jeffrey Miller. Becca Shea has recorded lots of covers. Her newest one is called Fly Away, and it is currently on my playlist. I listen to it when I'm in my car, I sing along with it, and I just love it. You know what? When I hear this song, I am blown away. Enjoy. I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away. And I always knew I couldn't stay So I had a dream that I just fell away I've been on my own for a minute Is it only me out here? Searching for the place to begin it Is it me? Is it you? Is it fear? Standing on the line I was given there and ask me why I'm here No one seems to think that I fit in just in love with that song. Praise God. Well, it's time for my interview with Jeffrey Miller. I hope you love it. Jeffrey D. Miller, welcome back to Bagels and Blessings. 
Shalom, Ethel. What a blessing it is to be back again. It probably was about 100 years ago that I spoke with you on, on the air. I was thinking about the same. <laughs> we're, we were so young then. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know how many people heard that, that first broadcast that you were on so many years ago. But why don't we do a little refresher? Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you were raised. Were you raised in a traditional Jewish home? I was. Uh, we were Reformed Jews um, and very cultural Jewish, not very spiritual Jewish. Um, the The issue is that as I grew up, my, as I remember my childhood, we talked a great deal about being Jewish. And uh, when I grew up in the 1950s, uh, Israel was a fairly new nation. And so we talked a lot about Israel. We talked around the family dinner table. We talked about um, Jewishness. But rarely, if ever, did we talk about God. Mm. So being Jewish was not related to being part of God's kingdom. It was rather cultural and ethnic in, in background. Mm. So how did you, growing up in a Jewish home, find out that Jesus was the Messiah? Well, it, it, I took the long way home, Ethel. <laughs> as, many, as many of our Jewish brethren did. Um, in synagogue, during a Hebrew prayer service, at the age of 12, I decided there was no God, and I became an atheist. Uh-oh. And it wasn't hard to do, and I'm not knocking... Um, well, maybe I am. Uh, our <laughs> congregation was... It was dead. I mean, it was completely dead. Yeah. Um, and we read from the Siddur, we read the prayers, the Hebrew prayers, and I don't think anybody, I can't answer for everybody, but I don't think anybody meant them. And I sure didn't when I was 12 years old, and I said, why am I saying these words? Because somebody wrote them in a book. This is not how I speak. Baruch Atad and Ayolahinu Malchalam and so forth. I, you know, I don't... That's not how I do it, and I started to, I did the worst thing you can possibly do, Ethel. I started to think about who God was. Oh. And you, in fact, my testimony CD that uh, we offer in, uh, through our ministry is called You Can't Think Your Way to God, because God is spirit, and he lives in the spiritual realm. He's the living God, and he comes to us by his spirit. So I thought about God over precocious thinker, and I decided he wasn't, and I became an atheist in synagogue, and I stayed an atheist devil for 24 years of my life. And during my teens, my 20s, my 30s, well into my 30s, in the meantime, I had jobs other people only dream about. I'm a former assistant to the mayor of my hometown in Reading, Pennsylvania. I was in radio and television, secular radio and television for years. I'm a former TV news anchor, former radio TV talk show host. Uh, I was a somebody locally, just on a local basis, but people used to ask me for an autograph, and I was very sure of myself. I was somebody indeed, but I was blaspheming God, and I was, up, although I thought I never sinned, I never smoked, I never drank. I never used drugs, ever, not even once. And I drove the speed limit. I uh, was good to my mother when she was alive. I mean, I, I was a goody two-shoes. But I was a sinner. I was blaspheming God, amongst other things. And in my life, I, I was so sure that there was no God, but it, God kept bringing Christians into my path. It was ad nauseum. <laughs> it seemed like, and it, it wasn't every day. But it seemed like everywhere I went, here was another one of these crazy Christian people, these born-again fanatics, that, that's what I thought, that would, how they found out I was Jewish, I don't know, but, or if they didn't find out I was Jewish, and when they would try to witness to me and I'd say, but I'm Jewish, that just turned them on. It was like, he's Jewish, get him! <laughs> so I got witness to here, there, and everywhere, and I thought I was so brilliant that I carried them off one by one, shutting them down, because I believed that there was no God as an atheist, and if there's no God, how could he have a son? Well, that took care of Messiah. I mean, that took care of Jesus real fast. If there's no God, he can't have a son. So I got witness to all over the place, um, but I um, was thought I was a good person, thought I never sinned. 
Meanwhile, as I said earlier, I was sinning, uh, and I sinned in more ways than one. One of them was I was a runaround bachelor in the carnal sense of the word. Uh-huh. Women were my life, and um, I did a lot with women. Went to uh, work at this TV station, and the first day on the job, there's this good-looking blonde woman working next to me on the news team. We were TV news reporters uh, back here in Reading. We were TV news reporters, and I was attracted to her, as I was to half the women in the world. Um, and turned out, she's a born-again Christian, this woman working next to me, with whom I was, to whom I was attracted. And sure enough, after a year of working side-by-side, side, we started to date. Now, we were very much adults. And um, I tell people all the time, remember the odd couple? Born-again Christian, atheist, Jew, you got an odd couple, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know this, but shortly after we started dating, she went before the Lord saying, God, what have I done? What am I doing with an atheist Jew? Help. <laughs> and the Spirit of God spoke to her heart. Now, she didn't hear his voice, but she heard that inward witness. And the Spirit of God spoke to her heart, and, and the unction was... Jeffrey, that's me, is going to come to know me, God said, and the two of you will be together as in marriage. And I can't think of two more impossible promises that this atheist Jew would believe in Jesus and that this runaround bachelor would get married, but praise God she had the wisdom to not tell me. <laughs> you would have run so far. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But she started praying for me differently and prayed for me and prayed for me. And, and it took two years, two years we dated. And if anything, I got worse. She had a tiger by the tail. But she hung in there. And we broke up a couple times. But she hung in there because she said, I believe what God showed me, that Jeffrey is, going, is the one for me and he's going to find Messiah. Well, after two years, again, on and off dating, mostly on, uh, I challenged her one day. I said, I'm so sure there's no God, and I am sure there is no God, I told her. I will search for him. He's not there, and I won't find him. And I said to her, then you'll know I'm right, <laughs> as always. <laughs> and I set out to search for God, and um, I did everything she told me. I read the books, pamphlets. I even started to pray the emptiest prayer you've ever heard in your life. But I said, dear God, if you're there, and I know you're not, but just in case you are, I really want to know. And then it was, there I said it. But the truth is, Ethel, in my spirit, in the, in, from my kishkas, from the depth of me, I really wanted to know. I didn't know that I wanted to know. I thought I knew. I was an atheist, sure of myself. But my spirit was longing for spiritual truth. And I didn't know it, but I was opening the doors to the gates of heaven, opening the doors by the simple words of saying, I really want to know if you're there. Well, again, six weeks after I started searching for God, I had, I got worse. I had found absolutely nothing, but I was doing everything she told me to do. And I was reading a book one day. I was actually on the air working part-time at a radio station. I was working TV and and radio at the same time. And I was on the air at a local radio station. The microphone was turned off, the music was playing, and I was reading a book by a famous actor who had had everything a man could want, but was miserable. And he found Yeshua, he found Jesus, and it turned his life around. And my born-again Christian girlfriend had given me this book to read as part of my search for God. I would have never read it any other any other way. So I'm reading this book, and in the book, he's talking about God like he's real. And I, I Ethel, literally, I am saying, stupid, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But I read it, and on the air, microphone off, music playing, late night, Saturday night, July 1983, I'm reading this book, and in the book were some simple words about God, and it were, that I, when I read them, out of nowhere, as if lightning struck me, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, ran a powerful sensation like I had never felt in my entire 
life up and down my body. Spontaneously, I started crying. When you say cry like a baby, man, I was worse than a baby. I mean, I was bawling, crying my eyes out, and I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. But the next thing I knew, as I'm standing there, and again, the music was playing, so nobody saw or heard this. I was all by myself on the radio station. It was a late night shift. Out of nowhere, this thing hits me and my hands raised up to heavens. Never done that in my life at that time. Oh my goodness. My hands raised up and I called out, Jesus. I couldn't believe I said it. Inside my head, my mind screamed inside my head, what? <laughs> but I proclaimed Yeshua, Jesus. I didn't know him as Yeshua then. I just called him Jesus. Mm. And I don't remember finishing my shift, but I was 36 years old at that time. And I got back to my home after my shift was over. I walked into my bedroom and fell on my knees. And for the first time in my entire life, I prayed a real prayer. Mm. And And this man who thought he never sinned said, Lord God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me for my sins. Mm. And then to my further shock and amazement, I said, Jesus, I want you in my life. I open my heart to you. Wow. Hallelujah. My goodness. Why is it so hard for us Jews to figure out (laughs) that Jesus is the Messiah? Why is it so hard? Well, because we're we're taught i mean you had the same thing i'm sure yep. from the youngest days we're taught jesus is not for us in fact and this is something that you know just just to mention that i've been in full-time traveling ministry for 30 plus years and i've traveled all over the country i've ministered in hundreds of congregations in 40 states around the united states and wow prayed with prayed with thousands of people um and prayed with a number of Jewish people to receive Messiah, the the basis is most Jews aren't even looking for a Messiah anymore and haven't been for decades. It's been quite some time that the Jewish religion has been like my family was when we grew up. A great deal of Jews are cultural and traditional Jews, but not spiritual Jews, not, not looking for God's true blessings, they're not looking for Messiah, not looking for Mashiach. Now, the ultra-Orthodox still are, of course, and, and they're going to keep looking until they find Jesus because he's the only one. But so growing up, you know, my view was, I can remember telling my mother during my years as an atheist uh, when I was in high school, I was telling her one day, I said, you know, maybe there is a God. I know there's not, but even if there is a God, one thing for sure, Mom, I will never believe in Jesus. I remember saying that to her. And, of course, she was all proud of that. <laughs> she was like, good boy. Mm. Yeah. Because he's not for us. But yeah, but we know, Ethel, and, and hopefully your audience is keyed in on this, believing in Jesus is the most Jewish thing anyone can do. He's the Jewish Messiah. And when you tell another person, when you, when you tell another Jewish person that you believe in Jesus, their first thought is, oh, you've converted to another religion. Yeah, and they say, oh, you became a Christian. I say, no, I'm still Jewish. I'm a Messianic Jew. You know, it's really funny because the Christian community doesn't always grasp it either. When someone says to me, are you a Christian? And I say, I'm a Messianic Jew. And they go, yeah, but are you a Christian? And I say, well, I'm a Jew who believes in Jesus. And they say, are you a Christian? And I say, well, I'm a born-again Jew. And they say, are you a Christian? I say, okay, okay, okay. If, if you want that phrase, it's okay. But I'm a Jew who believes in the Jewish Messiah. I'm a Messianic Jew. If anything... You Gentiles got grafted in to our faith, to the true faith of Messiah. This is so true. Jesus and Jewish go hand in hand. Does the rest of your family understand that you're still Jewish, or do they think that you've converted? Like, how do they accept? Your, your okay, well, first, my parents were already passed away by the time I came to Messiah. They died in their 50s, so they died young. Um and I have a very small family, a brother and two sisters, and they lovingly accept me, but they think I'm off the deep end. Ah, I see, I see. But they, have, they, they didn't shun me. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't get the treatment. Um, it's like, what happened to Jeff? And I was the only atheist. None of them would have said they were atheists. I was the only atheist in the family. So they were really pretty shocked uh, when I 
my faith and when they found out that I have been a believer in the Jewish Messiah. They don't think he's the Jewish Messiah, but I'm still praying for him. Mm. You know, a lot of people are always asking me, you know, what is the best way to share Messiah with another Jew? What would you say? Oh, well, there's several different things. But my first caveat, my first warning, to me, the most important thing in setting the stage is don't argue. Because our Jewish brethren tend to be a little bit argumentative, if you know what I mean. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by that? You know, the old joke about why do Jews always answer a question with a question? And the rabbi says, who wants to know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. um, (laughs) But don't, don't argue. There's a tendency amongst people who are willing to witness to Jewish people to... When, when a Jewish person says, I don't believe that garbage, or, you know, keep it to yourself, or are you telling me I'm going to hell if I don't believe what you believe, that you're drawn into a discussion that becomes argumentative. Worst thing you can do is argue with a Jewish person. Instead, hold your ground, speak the truth in love, but don't argue. Because when it becomes an argument, it's now a debate, and it's not a question of truth, it's a question of who wins the debate. And if it's about winning the debate, you lose. And so does the person to whom you're witnessing. So what really rattles our Jewish brethren is when someone maintains the peace of Messiah in the discussion and says things like this. Well, I know it must sound silly to you, but it's what I believe. And I'm sure of it. And the any unsaved person can have the same result same reaction, but especially our Jewish brethren, who would say, you mean you realize? How can you think that? What's wrong with you? You're, you're shaking their brain. And that's what we want to do. We want to get unbelievers, Jew or Gentile, we want to get them out of their brain into their spirit. The way to do that is, the Holy Spirit does it, but the way to do that is to challenge what they think is right and wrong lovingly not argumentatively. So that's one of the things that I I really emphasize to people. Don't argue. Don't get drawn into an argument. If I can tell you a really quick story, uh, witnessing to a Jewish man and the circumstances don't matter because it's too long to explain, an Israeli man. Witnessing to an Israeli man at a a function and um, I I hardly got two words in edgewise. I got a few sentences in. But he was just trying to shut me down, shut me down, shut me down. But he was willing to discuss it, but shut me down. Uh. And I held my ground, smiled at him, said, there is a God, he loves you, and Yeshua is alive. And he said, Uh. and we finished Uh. the conversation. I gave him a hug, and he walked away at a function. A little bit later on, we crossed paths again, and I brought the subject up again. Now, this Israeli man had in his mind, had debated me. And this is the key I'm trying to make, the key point I'm trying to make. I brought Messiah up again, and he said, you're not going there again. You already lost. That's Um, what he said to me. You lost. Because in his mind, it wasn't a discussion of truth. It was a debate about who could win. And he thought he won. And I just think that's quintessential understanding of the mindset of many of our Jewish brethren We don't want to argue. We want to let our love light so shine in a way that's incomprehensible to them so that instead of their rationalizing and analyzing the the way they believe, they're forced to reckon with a a faith that passes all understanding, a faith that defies understanding. And that's what will lead them, I believe, to the recognition that there's another way to relate to God. And of course, it's by the Holy Spirit, in the, by the power of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen. Jeffrey D., do you think that since believing in Yeshua, you have more appreciation for your heritage, more appreciation for the Jewish holidays? In a sense, do you think it's made you a better Jew? 100%. I'm way more Jewish now than I ever was. When I grew up, um, you know, everything was because this is what we do. The 
traditions. You know, why do we light the Hanukkah candles? Well, we remember the the eight days that the light burned, that the oil burned. And why do we light Shabbat candles? Well, because we're recognizing thus and so. But nobody in my family or in my synagogue that I can relate to really understood anything about God. I understand the Jewishness of believing in God is has been multiplied exponentially in my life since I became a believer in Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. So, 100%. I like to different. say, Jesus made me kosher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I'll tell you, there's there's so much, well, again, you, you know this, and maybe many of your listeners have already heard this, but I, I say it all the time, when God set up the feasts, he had Jesus in mind, and when Jesus came to the earth, earth, he had the feasts in mind, and they fit. The, he he has fulfilled all of them except the ones that he will fulfill. But he's already the truth of the scriptures, Jewish, Hebrew scriptures, Jewish New Testament. The New Testament is full of all the Jewish stuff. And when you read it from, as we have, as you have, of course, when we read it from a Jewish perspective, now, let me just back up. I had never read the Bible. In my Hebrew school, we didn't really go line upon line, precept upon precept into the Word of God, Reformed Jewish. Um, We talked about stuff, and of course we talked about the Bible stories, but I didn't believe any of it anyway, so it wasn't much of a loss. But I never touched the New Testament, wouldn't have touched it with a 10-foot pole. After I came to Messiah and I started reading it, I was blown away by all the Jewish stuff in the scriptures. And I get this really cute story about how in the early days of my faith, um, I was at the first time I ever went to a Messianic congregation. I'm sitting in the congregation and the Messianic rabbi says, just like all the apostles were Jewish. Well, I had never read the New Covenant at that point. And I said, they were? The apostles were Jewish? News to me. And then he said, even Shaul, Paul, was the Jewish apostle. And I went, no, that's not true. <laughs> I know for a fact Paul was Catholic. St. <laughs> Paul, you know. Sure. And But I found out, of course, that that is the truth, that all the apostles were Jewish, that all the disciples were Jewish, that Yeshua ministered almost exclusively to Jewish people. Most Jewish people don't know that. I surely didn't know it. And most Jewish people don't know that. But of, of those that do, they go, well, sure, he was a Jew, so what? But the answer is, so what? That's so everything. His Jewishness is the key to his messiahship. When, again, repeating what many of your audience already knows, but it just amazes me that when the Jewish scribe asks Yeshua, asks Jesus, What's the greatest commandment of them all? Oh, my goodness gracious. Could it be any simpler when you have the Son of God telling you what's number one in the whole universe of God's commandments? And his answer is the most sacred prayer in all of Judaism, the Shema and the Vahavta. He answers with the prayer that, with the words that every Jewish person on the face of the earth in that day and to this day knows as the watchword of our faith, his Jewishness was paramount in his earthly ministry and in bringing, bridging the chasm between man and God, mm. paying the price for our sin in a Jewish context. Amen. Boy, this is really good stuff. I don't think I better wait another hundred years to have you over, have you on the show. <laughs> um, Jeffrey D., if people want to find out more about you or your ministry or they want to support you, how is the best way to do that? Well, we've got a website, jeffreydmiller.com. It's an easy one to remember. No no punctuation other than .com. Jeffrey, which is J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, jeffreydmiller.com. Um, you know, we also have a, a syndicated radio program called Messianic Minutes, uh, which is heard in a couple hundred stations around the United States. We've been doing that for about 30 years, and... There's MessianicMinutes.com, but I don't want to confuse the issue. If they, anyone wants to check out our stuff and find out more about the Jewishness of Messiah, as they can through your website, of course, 
but ours is jeffreydmiller.com. Listen, us radio people better stick together. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much for coming back on the air. This has just been fantastic information, and I think people are going going to want to listen to this over and over again. Let it really sink in. So thank you, a million thank yous, and may the Lord bless you and provide all that you need and keep you healthy. And I hope to have you on again sometime sooner than later. <laughs> Ethel, I want to first thank you for your faithfulness. You know, we go way back to when you first started uh, doing uh, bagels and blessings and um, uh I want to thank you for your faithfulness to continue your ministry in doing the same thing that all believers should be doing, as I said earlier, letting our light so shine. But those of us doing it through the airwaves and podcasts and things like that, uh, it takes faithfulness to do it. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. And congratulations for you for being involved in your ministry for 30 years. So uh, until next time, shalom for now. Shalom, shalom. That was my interview with Jeffrey Miller, and next here's Yom Zeh with Ted Pierce. Yom Zeh L'Yisrael Yom Zeh L'Yisrael Yom Zeh L'Yisrael Avesecha Yom Zeh L'Yisrael Avesecha Oh, Avesecha Shabbat Menucha Yomzeh Yisrael O'avesulcha Shabbat Menucha Shabbat Menucha Yomzeh Yisrael Yomzeh Yisrael Yomzeh Yisrael O'avesulcha Yom Zeli Yisrael, Ola Besimcha, Oa Besimcha, Shabbat Menucha. Yom Zeli Yisrael, Ola Besimcha, Shabbat Menucha, Shabbat Menucha. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. <laughs>